All right, everybody say, God can. You know, I was reading a story the other day, and just out of curiosity, how many golfers do we have in the house? I, I uh, like Callie said, I do not have patience for golf, uh, so I, I don't play golf, but, uh, but if you could give Callie a great big hand clap, man, that's, uh, she did a tremendous job. And that, that's all about legacy. I, I remember picking her dad up on a bus when he was in sixth grade, and, and then to see her up and just see that, that that makes my heart just truly blessed. But, but um, uh, her grandpa is probably one of the best golfers around that I know. And I was reading a story the other day about three golfers. There was one terrible golfer, and then there was uh, two really good golfers. And so they were getting ready to tee off. The sun was, was in their eyes, and, and the bad golfer teed off first. And, and as the ball went up, they lost track of where the ball was, and they didn't know where it was. So the next two golfers, they got up. And they teed off, and, and all of a sudden, it was like a par two, par three, whatever that, that is. And, and their balls landed on the green. They could see it because it was like a straight shot, and, and they could see it beyond that. And so they, they got up. They, they drove their golf carts to the green. And the bad golfer, before the good golfer was getting ready to putt, he looked around for his ball. He said, man, it could be in the woods. It could be in the weeds. It could be in the water. He said, no big deal because I'm used to that. My ball always landing there. And so he goes, I'll go grab the flag out of the hole, and you can putt. And he was, as he was grabbing the flag out of the hole, he noticed that there was a ball in the hole. And he said, man, this is crazy. He said, there is a ball just like mine in that hole that somebody left. And, and, and the other two good golfers said, yeah, can you imagine that? And, and he was like, no, I can't imagine that at all. And so as the good golfer was getting ready to putt, there was two golf pros that pull up in their golf cart. They said, man, did you see that absolutely amazing shot, that hole-in-one? It, it went high. It bounced a couple of times. It rolled right into the cup. And uh, they said it was one of the most amazing shots. And they said, which one of you three hit that shot? You all know the rest of the story, right? Amen. Everybody say, God can. Joshua chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. And we're talking about how to eradicate a negative spirit off your life, off your business, off your family, whatever it is. Because in our community and in our culture today, it seems that there is a lot of negativity. And so we, I'm not going to recap what I shared last week about how to identify a negative spirit, but we want to talk about how to eradicate it off your life this week. And in Joshua chapter 1, verses 6 through 9, you have... You have Joshua, who is being talked to by God. There's a transition between Moses and Joshua now. And this is what it says. God's saying to Joshua, Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors. I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything that you do. Study the book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then, only then, I think that's interesting there because he's given us a caveat of what's significant. Only then you will prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And then we know that there was 12 spies, 10 of them, uh, didn't make it into the promised land. We are at this point where you have Joshua and Caleb. And in, in J Joshua chapter 14, verse 6, 
you begin to see that Caleb is saying, hey, I'm ready to get what is mine. And it says, a delegation from the tribe of Judah, led by Caleb, came to Joshua at Gilgal. Caleb said to Joshua, remember what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, about you and me when we were at Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land of Canaan, or the promised land. I returned and gave an honest report, but my brothers went with me, frightened the people from entering the promised land for my part. So I want you to understand that a negative spirit can affect other people's lives. For my part, I wholeheartedly followed the Lord my God. Verse 10. Now as you can see, the Lord has kept me alive and well as he has promised for all these 45 years since Moses made this promise. So he had to wander for 40 years. Now he's being patient for another five years. So we're at 45 years into this thing. And, even so, and, and he's 85 years old now. And he says, even while Israel wandered in the wilderness, today I'm 85 years old. I'm as strong now as I was when Moses sent me on that journey. I can still, man, what a senior citizen's attitude. Come on, say amen. I can still travel and fight as well as I could. My son calls it old man strength. But um, he said, so give me the hill country or give me the mountain that the Lord promised me. You will remember that as scouts we found the descendants of Anak, the giants. And remember, God said, I don't care about the giants. I don't care about the great walled towns, what it says. But if the Lord is with me, everybody say, God can. I will drive them out of the land just as the Lord said. Let us pray. Father God, in the next 15, 20 minutes, Father, I just, just pray, Father, that we'll be equipped to eradicate the negative spirits out of our lives, off our lives, Father, that you can begin to touch people in an amazing way, Father, that you can give us the attitude of Caleb. You can give us that, that God can spirit, that, Father, that God can, that we can be bold and courageous in what you've called to do, Father. That, Lord, no longer do we have to sit across the river and look at our promised land. But, Father, release in the house promised land possessors, those who are going to possess the promises that God has provided for us. And release, release a God can spirit in the house in Jesus' name. Amen. So the first step to destroying a negative spirit off your life and living a God-can life is you got to set the standard. you got to set the standard. And we have 12 banners that are hanging up, and, and there's many more promises of God, but these are the 12 that we're focusing on, that God can forgive your sins, that God can restore health, God can meet your needs, God can do miracles, God can do the impossible. Well, the only impossible he might not do is the, the Cowboys might not win today. And so, so I know Pat and Bobby and Anthony might be a little discouraged. See, see God can't do everything. God, God can't remember your sins and God can't help the Cowboys win. Come on, say amen. But anyway... I guess I won't get any lunch or catfish anymore. But. but God can heal your broken heart. And God can rewrite your story. And God can bring good out of evil. And God can strengthen and help you. God can give you victory. See, when you have a negative spirit, you just don't want to be happy. 
You have a long list of good reasons of why you can't be blessed, why you can't be free, why you can't be prosperous, why you can't be dot, 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 whatever it is. And when a positive, faith-filled, hope-inspired, God-can person comes around you, all of a sudden you're ready to blast away at hope. You're ready to blast away the encouragement they try to give you because of the negative spirit that is on you. Verse just sitting back, and allowing and believing that you may have not seen it manifest in the natural yet, but that doesn't mean it's there. And it's interesting because a negative spirit is always seeking fellowship. They're always looking to pull somebody in with them. Negative people tend to attract negative people, but yet the opposite is true too, amen? And that's why we're getting ready to launch small groups, and I encourage you. And, and if I could give you a basis of Family Life Fellowship small groups, it is simply a place where you can develop real and genuine and authentic and life-giving friendships. That is the premise of our small groups. Because Sunday mornings, you don't really get a chance to know anybody. But in small groups, you begin doing life with each other. You begin to share, and you begin to connect, and you begin to grow together, and you protect each other, and all those things. And what we're doing this year to, to launch small groups on the 19th of February is on the 19th of February, we'll give everybody a golden spoon, and, and we're going to have a chili cook-off. Uh, first prize is $300, second prize is $150, third prize is $75. But, but we're going to come in, we've got a great night planned, just lots of fun. You'll be able to taste all the chili, and then you'll be able to vote on the chili that you like. And then, then we're just going to have like this, this speed. Uh, Pastor Brad's going to interview each small group leader. So for example, my small group is we're going to talk about emotional health, emotional health. Emotionally healthy spirituality, where that you've got to, to, to have that emotional health. So many people battle different things in their life with mental health and trauma. And so they're going to be sharing their vision of what they're going to be doing. And we're going to come together, we're going to hang out. And, and what's cool about small groups is you begin to find real, genuine, authentic, life-giving friends. And so in Numbers 13, we go back to the story. Moses handpicked these spies. Each man, now notice this, was a leader who represented his tribe. Just like you represent as a dream team member, Family Life Fellowship, or you're a small group host. You are a leader at Family Life Fellowship. As a dream teamer, as a born-again Christian, you are a leader and responsible to make sure a negative spirit does not infect or come on whoever you're leading, whoever you're serving, whether you're a parent or whatever it is. One of the things that we have at our dream team, those are people who serve in whatever capacity, all different aspects. And, and we have four core values of our FLF dream team. And they'll put them up here on the slide. But these are our four core values, that you love God. That's got to be the center of everything that you do. It's got to be first. Everything flows out of loving God. Second of all, you got to love people. You got to love people no matter who they are, no matter what they've done, no matter they're, whether they're like you or not. And then these last two are pretty key. Choose joy. You know what? You've got to choose for the fruit of the Spirit, the joy. Happiness may or may not be there, but that joy is your strength to get through the storms in life. And then the last one is choose excellence. Excellence means to lean forward, excel. You means you lean forward, you choose excellence. We don't have the best in everything, we don't have the greatest in everything, but we're doing the best with what we can. Amen? And so that's what our dream teamers are. We, those values is we want them to display. We're not saying have a perfect life that is sugar-coated. No, you're going to go through difficult things. 
But when you get that serve on, let me tell you, this is the way I look at it. We all have bad days, amen? But you can always find somebody a little worse off than you. And you know what? When you start ministering to them, God will start ministering to you. And that's what that choosing joy, choosing excellence. So in Numbers 13 and 14, we know from what we learned last week, the spies came back. With the exception of Joshua and Caleb, they gave a negative report. They turned the children of Israel, 3,000 people almost, or 3 million people, into a tumbling panic and despair and worry. The Bible says in Numbers 14:1 that they wept all night. And I want you to understand, as a parent, as a spouse, in two weeks, I'm going to do a message the next two weeks called Anchors, and then I'm going to go in how to be the hero of your family for a couple of weeks. But if you're a parent or a spouse, it's your responsibility to make sure that a negative spirit does not land in your marriage, does not land on your children, does not land in your home. If you are an employer, an employee, and you are in the workplace and it's your career, Ephesians 6 says it's your responsibility as a Christian to make sure that that negative spirit does not land in the workplace. It is your responsibility as a born-again, spirit-filled believer to ensure that your department, your staff, your team, whatever it is, does not get into a negative funk. If you are in a position of influence, whether it be great or small in your life, you are responsible for guarding that place, making sure that the negative spirit does not infect that atmosphere. In other words, you set the standard. You set the standard for a God can atmosphere. Everybody say God can. Don't feed into the complaining. Don't feed into the whining, the fault finding, the backbiting, the criticism, the negativity, the drama, whatever it is. And watch the people that you hang out with. The Bible says you need to flee from sin, run away from gossip, steer clear from busybodies. Get rid of the fault finders and guard yourself against the fault finders and the naysayers in your life. And I challenge you, Family Life Fellowship, to set the standard. You know, Isaiah chapter 62 says that we are to be the watchmen on the wall. It's interesting. It says that, that we're just ending up with 20. This is day 22 of 21 days of prayer. And I'll let you ponder that for a minute. But Isaiah 62 verse 6 says, O Jerusalem, I have posted watchmen on your walls that will pray day and night continually. Take no rest, all who pray to the Lord. And then Isaiah chapter 61, verse 6 and 7. Everybody say, God can. See, this is, that's the dream teamers. That's the small group host. That's those who are born-again Christians. That's the parents of a home and, and the, the managers in a business. And if you stay and create that atmosphere of a God can, here's the result. Isaiah 61, verse 6 and 7. You will be called priests of the Lord, ministers of our God, ministers proclaiming the good news. You will feed on the treasures of the nations and boast in their riches. Instead of shame and dishonor, you will enjoy a double share of honor. You will possess a double portion of prosperity in your land. And I love this last one. Everlasting joy will be yours. Everlasting joy will be yours. And that's what I speak and prophesy and declare in the house. That's the first thing, that you've got to set the standard to destroy a negative spirit. The second step for destroying a negative spirit off your God-can life 
is wait in expectation. Wait in expectation. And I thought, what is the greatest way to explain about waiting in expectation? How many of y'all have ever watched The Price is Right? Okay. And what is that famous line? John Smith. Price is right, freak out. When 23-year-old Ryan Bells got ticked to come on down, he lost his mind. Watch as he takes a lap around the studio audience. Things got crazier as Ryan started playing Plinko. On his first try, he wins 10,000 bucks. The crowd loves it. In the end, Ryan broke the record for the most money won playing Plinko, raking in $31,500. What I want you to notice is this. How excited he got before he won anything. Come on. How excited he got before he won anything. He got so excited that his name would call, Ryan, come on down. You're the next contestant on The Price is Right. And man, you would have thought he already won $31,500. Before the bid, before he won Plinko, before he set the record, his excitement of his name just being called at the mere possibility or potential of winning in life. And my prayer is that Christians at Family Life Fellowship would quit waiting on the victory to manifest in the natural before we get excited and expect God to see His great and mighty power in our midst. We don't have to wait to see it. You don't have to have it. But you know that God gives you a promise that God can, everybody say God can, give you victory. That's what you've got to get excited about. You've got to get excited before it happens. Man, if you've been at 21 Days of Prayer, the last week has, I mean, it's crazy. The last week was the same as the, the first week. Over 100 people in prayer every night, Monday through Thursday, over 50. And I think last Friday we had over 70 at lunchtime prayer. I mean, a prayer meeting. Not a bake sale, not a barbecue. A prayer meeting. We should have a God-can excitement of expectations at the chance of getting a miracle. We would be jumping up and down and expecting God to bring into reality the 12 God-can statements in our lives, in our church, in our families, in our business, in our health, in our ministry, in our finances. And when we get to that point, that even though we haven't had it manifested in our lives, but we are so excited, we're so declarated, we're so, so just jacked up on Jesus, then revivals truly hit our lives and hit our church. Tell three people God can. I just needed a break, but anyway. <laughs> Luke chapter 3, verse 15 and 16. talking about the baptism, John the Baptist is talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire. And I, and I love words, but I want you to notice here. 
in the first verse, 15. Everyone was expecting. Everyone was expecting. Everyone was expecting the Messiah to come soon. And they were eager. Everybody say eager. Eager to know whether John might be the Messiah. John answered their questions by saying, I baptize you with water, but someone is coming who is greater than I am, so much greater than I am. I'm not even worthy to be his slave and untie the straps of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. This passage is significant because it's the first time since the last time that God really has spoke to the children of Israel. The last time was 400 years earlier in the book of Malachi. The Jews had just went through 400 years of silence from God because he refused to speak to the people of Israel. There were no prophets. There were no burning bushes. There were no angels coming from heaven. There was nothing until this point. And then you fast forward 400 years into this passage, and we get a clue as to what a God-can atmosphere that the Holy Spirit wanted to bring to the children of Israel, but he also wants to bring into our lives because, the, but the key was it took 400 years for them to expect, but not only expect, but eagerly expect. Now don't miss what I'm saying here. Those who have spent time at Pray First the last 21 days, what you've done is create an atmosphere of expectancy for God can. Everybody say God can. All these prayer requests up here and ones that aren't even mentioned are all, you created an atmosphere of expectancy. I mean, this past week and a half, we've had two people that just were diagnosed cancer-free. Come on, give the Lord a great big hand clap. So yeah, God can make cancer disappear. One, when they went in to take the tumor out, it just fell out. And, and the doctor was staring at the wall. We heard the testimony the other night. The doctor was staring at the wall as he's getting ready to talk to the husband. He said, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I don't know what happened. Well, we know what happened. God can. You've created an atmosphere of expectancy. I love how the New English Bible translates Luke 3.15. He said the people were not only in expectation, they were on the tiptoe of expectation. Tiptoe. They were on the tiptoe of expectation. If God is going to do something, he's going to look for people who have expectation, who are getting up on their tiptoes, expecting God to do the impossible again. That's how we bind a negative spirit. That's how we loose a God-can spirit. And I prophesy to the house that God is going to loose a God-can type of spirit, and he will over you in Jesus' name. And because when it gets on you and through you and out of you, it'll start creating it in somebody else's life. You've got to expect God to pour his spirit out on you. You've got to expect God to pour his spirit out on your family and your finances. You've got to expect God to pour out his spirit upon your body and your business. You've got to expect to be healed. You've got to expect to receive a miracle. You've got to be, expect to be set free from addictions in your life. You've got to expect God to rewrite your story. Everybody say, God can it's time to get up on the tiptoes of expectation because God can and then the last thing the last thing to destroy a negative spirit off your life and live a God kind of life is expect to receive expect to receive 
in the book of Acts, chapter 3, we see the power of expectation literally leap off the pages of the Bible. You have a man who has been lame since birth. He's brought daily to the temple to beg for alms or beg for, for whatever. And yet on this particular day in Acts chapter 3, he encountered Peter and John who came to church during the hour of prayer. Now get this, because we think what happened, and I've missed this a lot, was dependent on Peter and John who saw the man, and look what it says in verse 6. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazarene, get up and walk. I believe in the power of Jesus' name. But what I've noticed is it didn't activate itself. The miracle the lame man received was dependent on what he did, don't miss this, in verse 5. What he did. You that filled out these cards. You that came and prayed and believed that God could and God will and God can do those certain things. Look at Acts chapter 3 verse 5. And notice the, the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven and 8 word. The lame man looked at them. Eagerly expecting some money. Eagerly expecting some money. He looked at Peter Job eagerly, John eagerly expecting to receive something from him. What are you eagerly expecting from God in 2023? Not just expecting, because remember in Luke chapter 3? We go back and it says they were eager. This man didn't say, I don't have any hope. This man didn't say, I don't think I believe. This man didn't say, oh, I, I, I don't believe. No, this man said, I expect I will receive something from these men of God. And Ephesians 3.20 says he even got more than he expected to receive. He thought he was going to get some money, but what he did was he got his health back. What he did was he got his livelihood back. What he did was he got his dignity back. What he did was he got healed. What happened was he got a miracle. Expectation is the breeding ground for miracles, but eager expectation really amps up the level of, 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 of breeding ground for miracles. God doing the impossible, I again ask you, what are you eagerly expecting from God in 2023? In 2023, your greatest miracles are not behind you, so don't look back. In 2023, your God can moments are in front of you, so make sure you look ahead. And if something's going to happen, something's going to happen that you haven't seen yet. Amen. Man, that's why we're doing in 21 days of prayer in August, God did. And we're going to talk about what God did the last seven or eight months. God has may have done already some great things for you. But look at somebody say, that's not all there is. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. That is what the scripture means when they say, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Everybody say, God can. You can't even conceive what God has for you. So as I close, no matter how devastated your life may be, no matter how big the failures were, 
I don't know how to dart the hallways. Great the pressure, challenging the situation. You've got to believe that God has saved the best for last in 2023. That is the power of expectation that destroys a negative spirit. You serve a God greater than your faith. You serve a God greater than your prayer life. See Hebrews chapter 6 verse 10. For God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by caring for other believers as you still do. Huh. See, it's not about me and you. It's about the other people in our lives. Because see, as we sow seed and take care of other people's lives, God will do for you. It's, for, it's impossible for him to forget what he's promised you. So I don't do it out of receiving. But I do eagerly expect him to do something in that person's life. Taking care of my life. It's just like marriage. The greatest piece of marriage advice, or one of the greatest pieces of marriage advice that I can tell you, is try to outserve your spouse. Because when you became married, you became one. So when you're taking care of her needs or his needs, you're actually taking care of your needs. See, it all goes back to the golf ball in the opening story. The hole-in-one, we know, belonged to the bad golfer. But what's incredible is none of the three expected the bad golfer to get a hole-in-one. And I thought it's a strange coincidence Wow, the ball in the hole looks like my ball. It's the same as the one I played with. And they wasn't even open to the possibility that the bad golfer could have ever made a hole in one. See, in their eyes, it was impossible. And yet, with God can, all things are possible to him who believes. Family Life Fellowship, I encourage you and I pray that you get to the place in 2023 that you're not shocked when you look down in your spiritual cup and see a hole in one in your life. See, they didn't know that until they got to the cup, pulled the flag out. I hope you get to the place that, man, you're like, wow, God really did do the impossible in my life. I want you to believe and see the positive in God can situations and not always the negative. One of the things that we told our dream teamers at the, at the Dream Center, one of the huddles, I think Pastor Brad brought up. He said, the next time you, don't hear, next time you hear a bad report, don't say, because oh! <gasps> all of a sudden fear, doubt, unbelief. Just whisper or say, God can. And you're replacing doubt and fear and panic and anxiety with God can. Amen? Your breakthrough can happen. Your battle can be won. Your prayers can be answered. And I want you to expect to receive your God can spiritual hole-in-ones in 2023. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You need to understand today that God's going to do something. But he's looking for people with an eager expectation on the tiptoes of expectation. You need to believe God, for a miracle, for a victory, 
in your physical body, in your mind, in your relationships, in your marriage, in your business, your dreams, your job. And I challenge you to get on your tiptoes of expectation when you're on your, I mean, prophetically, get on your tiptoes when you're in your prayer closet. I challenge you to expect him to complete the work that he's already started in you. I challenge you to believe that he can restore the things that have been broken in your life. I challenge you to believe Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27, that he can destroy the yoke of negativity off your life. How does that begin? It begins with asking Jesus into your heart. You got to believe the first thing is that God can God can forgive all your sins. The Bible says he's faithful and just to cleanse you from all And right now with your head bowed and your eyes closed in a minute we're going to baptize two people and they've been exactly where you're at. They made a decision to believe that God would forgive all their sins. And that their name is in the Ram's book of life. And they would step into eternity. And if that's you and you prayed that prayer from your heart, however you did it, or maybe you prayed it the hundredth time or the first time, just fill out that connect card. Drop it in the boxes on the side walls or as you exit the black boxes. And we're here to help come alongside you to take next steps. In Jesus' name, amen.